Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Squanderlust, the podcast about the emotional side of money, why our actions aren't always as good as our intentions, and what we can do about it. I'm Martha Lawton. And I'm Alex Lemon. And we're your hosts. Today on Squanderlust, why one hidden number might be ruling your life, and why you could be happier if you override your financial factory settings. So since starting the podcast, I have obviously had to do a bunch of research into some things, and some of those things have probably blown my mind. Um, But none of them has blown it quite as much as today's topic. It's an idea from a woman called Joanna Martin, who runs a women's network called One of Many. Mm -hmm. And it came to us care of a listener. So thank you very much, Anjali. Uh, Really appreciate the suggestion Mm -hmm. because you have properly educated us and genuinely had an impact on my finances as an individual. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Joanna Martin calls this the hidden number that shapes your life. Mm. And we're going to start off actually just talking about how to discover what the number is, and then we'll talk about what it means and and what it is. We haven't given it a name. We haven't given it a name. Um, (laughs) Okay, so the name that it is given is your financial set point. Mm. Mm. We will tell you what that means once we have given you the information about how to work it out, because it's often a good idea to work it out first. Okay. And then understand what it what it is and what it's for. So uh, you might want to get a, a pen and a piece of paper for this, um, or you might want to do the exercise a bit later on. But here it is. So write down a rough guess of how much money you earned or how much income you had coming in in the last 12 months. Which does not equal your salary because you've got to pay tax. Yes. So yes, it's yes. after all that. After all that. What, what money came into your control for you to use for yourself in the last 12 months. And then write down how much you have left at the end of the year. Repeat that process going back for the past five years, Mm. roughly. So in each of the last five years, roughly how much income did you have coming in and how where were you financially? How much did you have in the bank at the end of each year? And you will probably find that the number that you had left each time doesn't change very much, even if your income does. 
And if you have got a fairly stable figure that you keep coming back to, that is your financial set point. So it's an amount of money that feels normal and comfortable for you to have as your kind of your net worth. Okay? Meaning? So meaning that it's about the money that you own, mm. less your debt. So it's, it's what do you have in savings and investments minus your debts? Okay. Is that a stable figure or is it a growing figure? Mm. Or is it, dun, 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 a growing negative figure? Mm. <laughs> so some people don't have a set point and their equivalent of a set point just kind of grows and it is their financial goals and they are super rational about this and they'll just plan mm. their finances and then go after that goal and they will achieve the goal mm. and it's all very smooth and rational. But a lot of us have this unconscious figure that feels somehow right to us. Mm. The amount of money that we ought to have mm. somehow. So it's kind of a default setting. It's a default setting it's amount of money. It's a setting. Yeah. Oh, perfect way to put it. Yes. <laughs> yes. The amount of money you keep reverting to. Yeah. No matter how much money comes through your hands, mm. you keep coming back to which would, this. Which would make sense if you've got lots of financial goals and you're kind of quite on top of things and organised and, you know, you've got what you're aiming for and where you are on that. It would make sense that you don't necessarily have one because mm, yeah. you don't default. You overwrite your default and put in place your own settings. Exactly that, exactly that. But for those of us who have a default like this, and that default is not something we're aware of, that default can overwrite your attempts mm. to set your own settings. Right. And that's what was going on with me. I had all this information for myself, mm. all this knowledge about what I wanted to do what I knew I should do, the amount of savings I thought I should have, etc., etc. But I had an, a default set point, as Joanna Martin puts it, that I was completely unaware of. And because I had that set point, it was overriding my ability. It felt comfortable and right and normal, and it was overriding my ability to achieve my goals because it completely undermined my motivation because set point felt fine. I want to put in a little disclaimer at this point because, of course, some people are, because of personal circumstances, family, health, work, whatever, saving is essentially impossible. Um, the income that you have is so low or so taken up with excessive expenses because of one thing or another that your set point is going to look like it's zero because... Honestly, you just don't have the income to get beyond day-to-day -day expenditure. Mm. And I don't want to sound like we're saying, oh, you, you know, your set point is too low and that's why you're, you're never saving. Mm. If the reality is your income is too low and that's why you're never saving. Mm. So no judgment on people who have a higher set point but can never achieve it because, or have no set point and, and can never achieve savings because they of just personal circumstances. That is mm. not what we're saying. We're saying if you could save and feel like, why do I never save? Mm. It's looking more at the discretionary end of where your spending goes once you've got exactly. your existence dealt with. Exactly that. Where is it all going? Yeah. So if you're at yeah. existence level only, mm. subsistence level, then then this isn't really 
yeah. about you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Although I will say, some people who have been on very low incomes for a very long time or grew up on a very low income have a set point of zero even when their income increases because, again, zero feels normal and their set point ends up being very, very low because uh, they haven't adjusted it since their financial circumstances improved. So that does happen too. So the key point about this is set points are subconscious. Mm-hmm. They, they sit in your brain overriding what you'd otherwise like to do and you don't know they're there. <laughs> mm. Which is what blew my mind when I, when I came across this. And I'm, I'm going to, in the case of full disclosure... Uh, be really brave and say that my set point used to be about 200 quid. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's not it's not a lot. It's really not a lot. this day and age. Yeah. Um, are you having a minor panic attack over the other yeah. side, Alex, at yeah, the idea Yeah, this that? is, I mean, my set point. I don't know what it is because I haven't actually done the exercise fully, but just thinking about where I like to be. Mm. So I always have... Because I've worked freelance for a long time, I mm. always have money in account that is it does it's always there. Yeah, and I never go into it. And if I ever do, I am almost cataclysmically paralysed with panic. So that money is there. Yeah. So I don't even count that as a set point, actually. Yeah, <laughs> maybe because yeah. it's it's just it's almost like it just doesn't exist unless uh-huh. something goes horribly wrong. Yeah, and then I feel like I'm getting to set point at that, and I'm pretty sure, strangely that my set point is equal to that amount of money. Ah, because I, it's at the moment, that additional saving, mm-hmm. that additional cushion is below my always have it amount. And I feel uneasy every mm. time I look at my bank balances. So what you're saying is your your set point that you're aware of, is, as far as you can work out from this conversation, is double your emergency fund. Yeah. Right. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean... And it's definitely more than 200 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Significantly more than 200 pounds. Yeah. I think my set point got set up when I was in my early 20s. I think it got set when I was a student. Mm. And if I, when I was a student, getting, being able to get my hands on 200 quid would sort out most of my problems that I would need to solve by myself. Yeah. And in life, that does still solve quite a lot of issues. It doesn't solve everything. Yeah. But it solves quite a few. But it's completely inappropriate for a homeowner in her early 40s. I yeah. mean, that's that's a joke <laughs> as a set point now. Um, but savings just kind of didn't happen. One thing I will say, though, in my mental set point, anything that's in pensions or long-term or investments or, yeah, doesn't kind of factor into my set point, mm. really. Mm. So I'm quite good about longer-term putting money away mm. I'm not great but I'm I'm definitely better at that than I am at ever having short term cash savings and that's because they somehow don't end up in my set point count whereas when it comes to my cash savings set point which by the way that, that does not include my mortgage either obviously it's not mm. like I have I could repay my mortgage in full and then have £200 yeah. it's essentially my, yeah, my set point was just foolish and I honestly hadn't realised it. And it's not that I'd never had savings that were higher, but I'd never sustainably had savings that were higher than that. Mm. I'd always sort of fluctuated around that as the, that was the mean mm. that, I'd, that my savings had fluctuated around. Mm. And savings just kind of weirdly seemed to just not happen. Mm. 
I spoke to my husband about this idea, and he's very rational about money. He sets goals, and he goes out to achieve them, and he achieves them, and then he sets another goal. He's he's really, uh, he does not have a set point. I mean, he's a really nice guy, but I hate people like that. This <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel so insecure. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he would he would never want to be on the podcast because he's way too shy um, <laughs> and he doesn't like the sound of his own voice. Uh, uh, clearly, I do. But yeah. but he yeah he he's he's very rational about money, mostly. But he did suggest that he thinks it's because um, I expect the bank of mum and dad to bail me out. And I initially wrote into our notes for the show a whole load of reasons why that's not true. And then I sat down and thought about it and thought maybe there is some truth in that mm. but big but it's not realistic yeah that's like, actually unrealistic I feel a little bit of that as well because you know I am in a privileged position of coming from a middle class family who has always looked after their own money but there is also this thing in me of I have to have this amount to prove that I can do it myself mm. like you know if it did go wrong yeah. um, mum was like no sorry <laughs> yeah I'm going to the Caribbean for six months <laughs> wouldn't do that then yeah I still feel like I would be able to prove that I can do it with this set point yeah exactly and it's not well it's not realistic for for me to assume that my parents no. could, could help me out they no. can't again this is a set point I think that got set while I was a student when it was a bit more realistic to expect my parents because I hadn't been earning but I mean now no and they're not in the position to help that much particularly also, it's not healthy, as you said. I'm a grown-up. Yeah. I should be doing it myself. They would expect me to be able to look after myself. I mm. would expect me to be able to look after myself. And yet I had this student mindset set point from getting on for 20 years ago mm. that was keeping me in this very adolescent position financially. Mm. It's really restrictive. Mm. And also I will say as well that that's quite a simplistic answer because there are plenty of people who don't have family who could help who still have really low set points. Yeah. It's definitely not just a function of no. being a poor little rich girl. I was just thinking about, like, you said yours come from, comes from your student days, really, and you're sort mm. of stuck in the past in that way. Yeah. I was thinking, like, where does mine come from? And I thought, well, maybe it comes from the time when I lost my job. Maybe. But actually, I think it predates that. I think it comes to when I had my first decently paying job, right. basically when I left journalism yeah. um, and became an accountant. I think it tracks back to that mm. because I had, you know, I earned so little as a journalist. It was a real struggle. Right. And yeah, I think it kind of that first sort of, oh, I've got money now. Now I should be very sensible with it. <laughs> um, I think it comes That's to that. That's funny because I, I, when I left university and got a job and first went into the black after being a student, that was the point at which I got interested in personal finance. I went out and bought myself a book called a Girl's Best Friend is Her Money. <laughs> so big up Jasmine Bertels and John, John Quill Lowe, uh, You Changed My Life. <laughs> and I read it very diligently and that was where my, my whole interest in personal finance came from. But um, even so, I think that didn't overwrite my set point. Hmm. In spite of that, you know, having a whole load of good intentions at that point and then starting to do some good things at that point. But I, it's still, yeah... It didn't quite take, unfortunately. Should we, uh, should we take a break there for a second? And we'll talk a bit more about this after that. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. 
Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back. We're talking about financial set points, the hidden number that sits in some non-conscious, subconscious part of your brain and can really mess with your head around your money um, if you don't bring it forward into your consciousness and and start examining what it is and where it comes from. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about where set points might come from. And we talked a bit about where we think our set points came from. I was lying back in my mental therapist couch trying to think, like, where on earth does mine come from? Maybe it'll click later, but yeah, it's strange to think about it. It is strange to think about it. And I think one of the things that we didn't really cover in the first half, we talked about how set points can stop you from saving. But there is also the point that having a really high set point, an overly high set point, can lead to a lot of anxiety where any spending causes anxiety. If you have a, a very high set point, it's one of the reasons why people can tend to underspend on their own needs. I mean, I read this in the notes when we were like prepping just before coming in to talk to each other. <laughs> and I read these and went, oh, <laughs> oh, that's that's me. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, like, when I say, oh, my set point is impossibly high, I'm immediately going, well, no, it's not. It's very reasonable, which clearly means it's <laughs> not reasonable because I've got this really defensive feeling about it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's and it's totally, like, why mine is, is re- it's actually really high, like, to the point that if I did include that amount of money that um, I won't even touch, plus the amount that I then don't feel anxious when it goes below, mm. that's actually, I mean, now that I've been on not great income for a while because I don't like working and I like doing other things. Uh, it's actually like probably getting on for a quarter of my earnings last year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it's a lot. Actually, it might even be, oh God, last year. Yeah, a quarter of this year for sure and more yeah. of last year because last year wasn't such a good year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like, that's a lot. 
that's a lot to sort of, you know, still not feel comfortable with. So, um, yeah, 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 it's definitely, you know, I don't feel like I'm justified in spending until I've got a huge amount relatively yeah. sort of stuck at the side that yeah. I don't touch. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's not to say having savings goals and having a, a good emergency cushion, which it sounds like you have, isn't mm. a, a reasonable goal to have and is, and is an impossible thing and you shouldn't have it. And if you have it, you're underspending, et cetera, et cetera. Because it sounds like that's a really good cushion for you to have and a sensible thing given your work situation. Yeah. But if you are underspending to the point where you're becoming unhappy in order to get there, that's where it starts to be an issue. And it's where the goal isn't conscious. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking, actually, um, because we did the, the first episode of this series, actually, we talked about the effect that this has had on um, like making this program has had on our own sort of approach to our finances and mine has really changed and I think I've just lived within the money and I think it's fine but I've never really set goals for myself it has been you know I've been very default very sort of factory setting about the whole thing mm. and only this year have I really tried to focus on exactly what I'm spending my money on letting myself spend things on hobbies that I enjoy and this trip that I'm going on in a couple of months time and I've been much more deliberate about those things and and in a way that has, you know, because I plan my cash flow because I don't earn the same every month, mm. um, that has allowed me to feel okay about, a bit more okay, I'm not going to say I'm totally fine about it, <laughs> but um, more okay about the fact that sometimes I go below what I, I sort of think is probably my set point because I know cash flow wise it's going to work out mm. and then I've sorted, you know, I'm very clear about what my costs are going to be and I know that that's reasonable and I'll still have money left over. It's just not maybe as much as I would like. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's like the consciousness sort of yes. idea. Yeah. yeah. Going back to what we said near the beginning about people who set goals, and that's why, yeah. maybe, you know, yeah, why your yeah. husband is... Uh, yeah, he doesn't really he doesn't have one. Really because, it, because he's a, he's a because, goal setter. Yeah. He's a go-getter and a goal setter. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is. He's also <laughs> the most mild-mannered, sweet person. <laughs> yeah, I've made him sound like he's like, you know, raw, but no. No, yeah, no, no. He's 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 um quiet but deadly <laughs> on the financial front. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to move to a more mindful place with all of this. Mm. I think, and and this has been really enlightening, mm. learning about this idea. So I hope it's enlightening for you as well. One last thing that Joanna Martin said, which I again found really mind-blowing and kind of fascinating is that while some people's set points are fixed, so mine is, I can put that number on it, it, it was about 200 quid. Mm. I'm now moving beyond that. Some people's set points are relative to their income. So you may be somebody, if you have a, a high set point, your set point might grow with your income so that, again, you're always chasing an, a, an amount yeah. of saved money that you never quite have because yeah. your set point always grows with your income. Mm. And you can also have the opposite as well, which is really scary. And the original article that I read about this featured somebody who had this. It was a friend of, of the writer who had a set point that was minus 10% of his salary. <laughs> or it was, yeah. So, yeah. So no matter what he... Earned, he was still going to be in he, debt. He would be in debt to the tune of 10% of his salary. Oh, wow. So as his salary grew, mm. the minus 10% got bigger and bigger. Mm. And he, he, was just he getting... did go for six-month holiday in the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the debt basically, yeah, just was growing and growing the more 
his position should have got better. Mm. And of course, that's just... I mean, ah! that, just feel, that just feels like anathema to me in my, you know, fear-filled fear life of spending. But um, I imagine it's actually not that uncommon and there will no. be people out there going, oh, it's yeah. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, you know, you get the nicer salary and you just up the nice things you buy, Yeah, you know. I have a nicer salary. I'm given more credit. Mm. I use that more credit. Yeah, my, my dad was friends with somebody for quite a long time and that, that completely would be the way he ran his household. Yeah, completely, completely the way that their um, their household worked. And, uh, yeah, that really hit crunch when they retired, mm. for sure, because mm. that was not sustainable. Mm. Because, you know, I suppose when your income drops back down, yes, your set point will drop back down because it's 10%, but you're left with the, the excess from debt before. from before. Yeah, exactly that, mm. exactly that. And that, that definitely trips a lot of people up mm. when it comes to... Um, having a fall in income for whatever reason. Yeah. So we there aren't really we can kind of speculate about the reasons why people have the set points they have, and we've mentioned a couple already, like growing up on a relatively low income and then feeling like money doesn't really belong to you. The more money you get, somehow feels abnormal or weird, doesn't mm. really belong to you in some way. And there's stuff around if you're in a particular social circle or work culture, mm. your own things that your family inculcated you in, and all kinds of things. But ultimately, it really does come down to how intentional you are about money and how mindful you are. Yeah, I think that's sort of the key thing that's come out of thinking through this is like the underlying thing is what steps do you take to actually just take charge of your finances so you know where you are? Yeah. And, you know, it's making things specific. Mm. What is this pot for? You know, because, yes, you might want the emergency things go wrong fund, but... Mm-hmm. Once you've got past that, um, mm. and even that is going to, you know, you can make that a specific amount of like yeah, 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 three yeah. months worth of expenses or something, you yeah. know. But yeah, it's definitely about yeah the mindfulness, the intention of of your spending and your saving. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think being aware of your set point is is absolutely crucial to that if you have one, because as I found, I mean, as soon as I was aware of it, it lost its power over me. But until I was aware of it, it was just dragging me down mm. without me ever having any understanding of why. And I would berate myself for mm. for knowing all this stuff yeah. about money and still not being able to fix yeah. it. I think it's going to take me a little while longer than that to let go of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I'm still, I'm still in the experimental phase of being more organised about mm. my money. So well, I, I, maybe yeah, that will play into it or the... You know, learning from the data of uh, my my new spending pattern this year. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, yeah, like I said, for me, it, just the awareness, it lost power in that moment. But if you're unsure about it, you can try and ask yourself whether having that set point is really helpful to you and what the, what the advantages and disadvantages of having that set point are mm. for you. And what behaviour it's causing for you or in you? Like, mm. what? It, how, how are you behaving because of this set point? Yeah. And is that really helpful for you? I mean, even just thinking about like advantages and disadvantages, like it's crossing my mind. And like, God, it's it's so flimsy. The whole con- concept in my mind of why I have to have this money is actually really flimsy. You know, it's just really picking at the foundations of it. It's yeah. a total like house of straw. Yeah. It's and I, I would never, I mean, I never want to discourage people from having savings. Don't take it as we're saying, don't build a nest egg, don't save, don't invest for your future. No. Because we are definitely saying, yeah. do all of those things. Yeah. But we also say you're allowed to spend your money. Yeah. Do, and, 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 and save in a sustainable way yeah. so that you have a life now as well. 
And then you can be intentional about it. And it's not just some weird hidden number running your life. You've been listening to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money. Your hosts were Martha Lawton and Alex Lemon. You can find us online at squanderlustpod.com, where we'll put links to show notes, books and articles we mention, and other interesting things. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or you have a story to tell about something you've heard here, get in touch through the website. If you enjoyed Squanderlust, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and rate us too. The more stars you give, the happier we get. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Squanderlust is sponsored by Wardour Studios in Fitzrovia, London, with production by David Smith, Charlie Brandon King, Tom Berry and Alicia Cunningham. Our theme music is by Wardour Studios and graphic design by Jason Reed. Thanks for listening. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.